in the beautiful West 7th neighborhood of St. Paul, Minnesota, you're listening to the Capital City Podcast. Boy, I'm just excited to be with you guys today. So uh, I have kind of a different a different message for you guys today. Um, I've been trying to make the most of this time. You're trying to be productive. I think all of us are. We kind of have this like when you lose so much control and you discover really how fragile human life is, I think there's this response to control as much as possible, right? So a lot of people have this urge to like be productive or take on new hobbies or whatever. And one of the things that I've been doing, in case you guys don't know, I used to be a Bible translator. So I was sitting in the Greek and the Hebrew all day long and just staying really sharp on it and translating the Bible for people who've never had the scripture in their own language, whether spoken or are written. And then naturally, if you don't use it a lot, it gets a little less sharp. So I still know Greek and Hebrew just fine, but it's not quite as sharp as it was, say, three years ago. So during this time, I thought, you know, I should start reading through the Greek New Testament just to stay sharp. And I haven't made it too far yet, but I'm in Matthew 19, um, reading just, you know, maybe a half a chapter a day. And I came upon this passage that I'm sure a lot of you are, are familiar with, Um, And it's not actually a passage that I'll be preaching on today, but there's an image from it that I want to kind of extract from it. So in the passage, the religious rulers are challenging Jesus about his teaching on divorce. Uh, And again, we're not talking about marriage or divorce today, but this little gem comes out of it. So I'll tell the story so you get the context. The Pharisees ask Jesus, they say, is it lawful to divorce one's wife for any cause? And Jesus answers, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. And then they're like, well, then why did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce and to send her away? And Jesus says to them, and this is what caught me, and we'll get back to this. He says, because of your, and then the Greek word is sclerocardion. In our accent, it's sclerocardion. Cardian. So we'll get back to this in a bit. But in English, it's because of your hardness of heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality and marries another, commits adultery. And then at the time, this was like an unprecedented view. No one was advocating for this view. And so uh, this is like such a high bar for marriage, at least at the time. Um, and so there's this kind of funny part and always catches me. And I I laugh out loud when I read it, it's even funnier in in the Greek, but his disciples who are listening are like, what? Like, well, if such is the case between men and women, like if that's the deal between a a husband and wife, then maybe it's better not to marry at all. And like, I just, I kind of laughed at that. Like if, 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 if that's like how high the bar is, then maybe it's better not to marry. Um, now, again, I, I don't normally do this, but that, that's not actually our base text for the day. But this word that caught me is the word sclerocardian or, or sclerocardian. And um, it, it means hardness of heart. And the first half of the word sclero is where we get our word sclerosis from. And I was immediately thinking of like arterial sclerosis, although we also hear it like with multiple sclerosis. Uh, but I was thinking of it, especially the, the image that struck me was arterial sclerosis. Now, Jesus isn't tying this to a biological thing or to the arteries, but it was just the the image of this word that caught me, arterial sclerosis, the hardening of something. And of course, then cardia, where we get, you know, echocardiogram or cardio exercise, whatever, that's the word for heart. Um, So in reading this word in English over the years, I just took it at face value, you know, the hardness of the heart. But when I saw that root for sclerosis, 
the image of what hardening looks like came into my mind. And um, you just think of this, like with hardening of the arteries, the actual thing that happens to people's arteries and heart, you know, there's a genetic predisposition, maybe there's poor diet, lack of exercise, stress, sedentary lifestyle, whatever, it all builds up for years, even decades. And then it all comes down at once, whether a stroke or a heart attack or something else. And the reason that it caught me is that I think during this time, socially, during this COVID uh, social isolation, that we're all kind of enduring a buildup of social plaque, a slow hardening of our own emotional hearts toward other people. So let me, let me uh, ask you a question. Have you guys ever had a close friend and then gone on a vacation with them? Or uh, you know, like you have a, a close friend and then you guys decide to like move in together and be roommates, right? Uh, or, uh, how about if like you're, if you're a couple and you have friends and you like get along really well with the couple friends. Um, and then if you, you go on a vacation with these couple friends, what happens after about two and a half days, right? There's this, like, we actually purposely, if we ever do a vacation with like another couple, we purposely plan to overlap in the middle. So like, we'll go first. And then for the last two days we'll overlap and then we'll kind of be on our own again because it's not so much that other people bother us, but I can't stand knowing that I'm driving somebody else crazy. Uh, and that just happens when people are close together. Um, you know, the phrase absence uh, makes the heart grow fonder. Well, there's, there's an inverse to that and we're living through it. So <laughs> absence makes the heart grow fonder, but proximity makes the heart kind of go into this sclerosis, this hardening. Um, so, you know, you've got your closest family and friends, or, or rather, I'm skipping a spot here. Um, we have an opposite right now of the absence that makes our heart grow fonder. And it's, it's strange, but God didn't make us for social isolation. And it's fine for a time, you know, to be safe and to stay alive. Um, but what, one interesting human constant all over the world is that everywhere you go, people have a social network of between about 150 and 200 people in real life that they know. There's some rare places in the world that are extremely rural, like uh, you know, uh, agricultural economies where they only might know 20 or 30 people. And those people suffer immensely in their mental health. Um, all over the world, no matter what culture you go to, people have about 150 to 200 people. And normally you've got your closest, you know, 12 or 20 between your family and really close friends. Then you have your next tier of say 30 or 40, you know, friends and acquaintances, colleagues, people that you work with, brush shoulders with regularly. And then you've got all the people you still know, but you don't know that well. Uh, but it normally adds up to about 150 to 200 in, in healthy people. And uh, right now, all of those 200 have gone away and we maybe have two or four that we're left with. And so if this absence of the heart makes, uh, or absence makes the heart grow fonder, then this proximity can bring like a hardening or sclerosis. And being around the same people hour after hour, day after day, you know, trying to work, rest and play with the same people can be exhausting. Now, before you worry, don't worry, Aubrey and I are doing just fine. I just, I have my kids in mind though. I, I feel like I'm not the father I was two months ago. And, you know, it's still okay, but I just, you start to run low on patience when you don't have, you know, grandparents, thank you, Rick and Sam, or schools or someone to help out and kind of share some of that load. And I know a lot of you are in that spot, whether with your spouses, roommates, kids, you know, it, it, it can be hard. And um, yeah, I'm actually a little bit jealous. So Aubrey is uh, like an essential worker since she's a nurse. So she gets to go in and like have these, amazing 12-hour shifts where 
I'm not sure what that was about, uh, but we'll we'll figure it out. I was wondering, I was like, we know all of the, like we learned all of the good security measures so that people can't come in and like hack your meeting. And I was like, is that what's happening? My mic just got changed, um, <laughs> but I don't, I don't think so. All right, so now I'm on my own little AirPod thing again. We'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, so I'm not exactly like exactly sure where I cut out. I think it was just a few seconds ago. Um, yeah, but just saying that uh, it, it's especially easy to let plaque build up during a time like this to harden our hearts slowly over months, years, weeks, uh, even decades, and then all of a sudden we snap and something happens, you know, in our family or in our marriage or with our parenting or or or, or with our own parents in, in that relationship. Um, so I wanted to encourage you guys with scripture to get you thinking about some of these issues. You know, it's, it's okay if you get frustrated with your family, with your kids, your spouse. This is not how God intended for us to live. He did not code our brains to live in, a, you know, crazy proximity to two or three people and then complete, uh, you know, absence of the other 200 that are normally in our lives. Uh, but he will give us grace for this time if we ask for it. So in Colossians 3, this is the main text for the day. And this is, it's kind of different territory for me. It's not a narrative. It's not rich with a ton of background info that I can really, you know, dive into to help paint a bigger picture. It's really about as straightforward as the New Testament can be. Um, and I'll read this here. One second. My kids are making noise in the bathroom. So I'm just asking that to go close the door. This is great. Uh, <laughs> all right. So Paul says in Colossians 3, and if you want to read along, it's Colossians 3, verse 12, and then following for about five or so verses. Paul says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So I wanted you, I wanted to encourage you guys to meditate on these words every morning, right? We Maybe we started this social isolation with some good habits, like I'm going to get back into my Bible reading, or I'm going to get back into prayer or, or whatever it might be. But now it's been what, I don't know, five, six weeks, four weeks, it seems like forever. Like, can you even remember January? It's like a different life ago. Anyway, uh, but I wanted you in, to encourage you, if you've maybe slipped on some of those habits or never got into them, use this time for something good, you know, and, and jump back into Bible reading. And I would encourage you to maybe take this especially if you're resonating with anything I'm saying. I mean, if you're like, man, this has been great. Like we've just been awesome this whole time. Then maybe that's not the passage for you. But if you, like most people are feeling some social stress around, you know, wh whoever you're spending this, this time with, um, or just in general, I'd encourage you to read this, to meditate on these words, read them before bed. Uh, to me as a parent, I think around 4.45 PM is an ideal time to read them because the hour that follows is what I call the witching hour where the kids are kind of hungry and like getting tired, but they haven't eaten yet. And it's like, dear Lord, don't visit us at like five to 6 PM, you know? Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, these are, that's just, a, it's a good practice to be reading this, to let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts during this time. And as your loved ones, your roommates, kids, spouse, 
you know, wh whoever might be getting on your nerves and you're getting on theirs. Uh, remember to bear with one another and to forgive each other. And here's the important part, to forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you and put on love. The Bible tells us to be filled with thankfulness. I want to encourage you to let this time uh, be for, you know, the, the, the making richer of your relationships rather than just getting bothered, being short. Um, you know, knowing the gospel of Jesus isn't just about it's easy to make it just about salvation, just about forgiveness of sins. And as important as that is, it is also about how we live our day-to-day -day life. It affects really every situation that we go through. And so when you're bothered with the people closest to you, God doesn't you know, just tell you to forgive because it's nice. He calls on you to remember what Jesus did for us, for you on the cross. So forgiveness of others isn't just something we do. It's something we do because God has first done that to us. You know, forgiveness is really not a natural human inclination to forgive others. What we want to do is we want to count up the wrongs, right? We want to store them and get angry and then defeat the other person. And sort of always, we're, we're always squabbling over who's wronged another. And that's just really a race to the bottom and nobody ever wins. Uh, forgiveness isn't natural, but, but God has taught us to forgive. I think about, um, you, you know, a baby comes out of the womb, not knowing how to speak whatever language its parents will raise the baby in. But through the months, through the years even, of being showered in speech, being showered in love, eventually that baby, you know, somewhere around a year or so, will maybe start making one-syllable utterances, and then eventually maybe a word, and eventually a few words, and, and we'll grow into full sentences, and here we are all able to talk for, you know, a long time. Um, and in the same way, I think forgiveness is the same thing. We're, we're not, it's, it's not natural to us. We're not born with the ability to forgive, or at least forgive well. But we, we learn, just like we learn to speak because we've been showered in speech, we learn to forgive because we have been showered in the forgiveness of God. And if we understand, if we can really delve into what he's done for us on the cross, it helps put in perspective the small slights, the small things that the people around you, you know, whether they're the ones you're actually isolating with or the people who are on the other end of FaceTime or whatever it might be, it allows us to forgive them uh, and to be forgiven as well. Uh, it won't feel like you're very good at it. Uh, it won't feel like you're forgiving well. Uh, but just like when the child starts speaking, it's right for a child to try, even if it's a one-syllable utterance that only the parents understand. You've got to start somewhere, right? And you get better at it. In the same way, I encourage us to forgive one another. And it'll, it'll be awkward and we won't be great at it and we'll quickly fail. But keep forgiving, keep forgiving, because it's a grace, it's a practice that we grow into. And the love of God helps us, it forms us as we get better at it. You certainly won't master it overnight and definitely not during COVID, but don't, uh, don't despair. Um, have grace with yourself. These are trying times and God knows that this is not how he made us to live, but he's made us adaptable and he's given us an example of grace and harmony. And he tells us to let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and to put on love. So also I think about this, the passage says that these people who we can quarrel with are called in one body. It says that they too are members and organs within the body of Christ. And so from God's perspective, for us to be in discord, for Christians to be quarreling with one another is kind of like a body warring against itself. It's one member in a body warring against the others. And in a way, that's a different kind of sclerosis. That's kind of like an autoimmune disease, like multiple sclerosis, right? It's to have members within the same body fighting each other. Christians in a quarrel kind of is like 
in a sense, an autoimmune disease of the church, an autoimmune disease of the body of Christ. And that's why I think so much of the New Testament centers around resolving disagreements between Christians. Jesus said that we would be known by the love we have for one another. So this is my challenge to you. Be known by your love for one another, even the ones you're on quarantine with during this time. Put on love, put on Christ Jesus, and let harmony reign where stress has reigned before. Meditate, even memorize this passage in Colossians 3, starting in verse 12, until those words, those phrases start to bathe your heart and your mind. There's a strange thing that happens when you memorize scripture. Uh, reading scripture kind of shows you the right way, but meditating it or meditating and memorizing it will actually change the way you think. So like if you read a passage of scripture, you're, you're still yourself, but you've just read scripture and you're like, okay, I know what I know what the Bible says I ought to do, but you're still feeling in a sense like you. Whereas if you memorize scripture, it actually starts to change your very base nature. Your very impulse uh, will actually start to change. Like if someone slights you or wrongs you, if you've been spending time memorizing scripture about forgiveness, it, you actually have an, a visceral reaction that's different. Even when you're not thinking about scripture, just the way you respond is different. It does change you. It's like it's, you know, water over rock for you know hundreds of years will cut a channel in the rock. And it's the same way with memorizing scripture. If you let your brain bathe in that, it actually cuts new channels, new sort of neuron pathways in the way you think. That's actually backed up by science. People who meditate and pray and memorize scripture, actually their brains form different connections as to how to respond to stressful things or, or whatever you're meditating on. So consider that. Forgive one another as God in Christ forgave you. Uh, let me pray to close us, and then we're going to break out into discussion groups again, and I'll, I'll send those questions out. So let me pray, and then we'll, we'll talk about the next stage in just a second here. Lord, we thank you for um, teaching us to forgive, for showering us in forgiveness when we were babies, and, and it wasn't natural, and we didn't know uh, even what to do with it. And we pray, Lord, that as we, as we are stuck you know, inside during these times, and, and we can become irritable or, or irritate others, that you would teach us to uh, to live in harmony, to forgive others, help us to know that this is an extension of what you did for us on the cross, that it's an extension of the gospel, that if we know how much we're forgiven by you, we ought to forgive others as well. So we pray for your grace, for your strength. And we pray that passages like this in Colossians 3 would wash over our minds and hearts and cut new channels so that our, our automatic response is different and closer to um, your ideal for us, Lord. Uh, we thank you for this time. Thank you for your forgiveness and grace. And uh, we just pray you bless these discussion times that we go into as we talk more about this. In Jesus' name, amen. This is a project of the Capital City Church in the West 7th community of St. Paul, Minnesota. Find us on Instagram at Capital City Church STP or visit our website for more information at capitalcitystpaul.com.